Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. My name is Bob, and for those of you that are visiting, perhaps, uh, I have been asked by your board to fill the pulpit for a few weeks as this church goes through some transition. I live in Grand Junction, Colorado, and uh, I've had some history with this church over the last 40 years, preaching at numerous times, and I'm honored to be back here. And uh, you may say, well, who are you? First of all, the most important thing is I'm a follower of Jesus. Amen. I'm glad for what he has done in my life, and uh, I'm getting up in years. In fact, today I am older than I've ever been in my life. In a few weeks, I'm going to be 68 years old. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) I've been in uh, full-time Christian leadership in various capacities for 46 years. I've been married to a wonderful woman named Sherilyn for 48 years. And uh, she's not with me this week. She was with me. Yeah, give her a hand to Sherilyn. She, She deserves it. She was here last week, not here this week, but she will be with me next Sunday. And uh, if you've not met her, she is the better part of our package. So I encourage you to come and and meet her. We have three grown children. We have nine grandchildren. Any grandparents here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One lady grabbed his hand and lifted it. He was too tired. He couldn't raise his hand on his own. We have two small dogs. Somebody in the first service booed me when I, there's always a cat lover somewhere. I'm a fan of the Colorado Rockies baseball team. I I told people I was a Denver Bronco fan in the first service and they booed me again. Now I know this crowd is much more spiritually mature And you would never boo in church. I also love chocolate cake. I do love ice cream with hot fudge. And my favorite cereal is peanut butter crunch. Yes. I'm sorry. I know I'm almost 68, but I hate adult cereal. Okay? I mean, it's a lovely hotel where they're putting me. It's great. It has indoor bathrooms, and it's really nice. But the two cereal choices, pathetic. Rice Krispies and Corn Flakes. I may bring my own peanut butter crunch, try to sneak it in next Sunday. Uh, It is an honor to be here today. And yes, this church is going through some transitions, some difficult transition. As I shared last week, change is always difficult, but change is a part of our lives. We've lost a beloved senior pastor, Jim and Carrie Ayers, and they have moved to the east. Right now, they are enjoying the humidity of Kansas City, Missouri. 
And as announced, uh, next Sunday, we're going to have a tough goodbye. We're saying goodbye to Sid and Tara. I love them very, very much. Looking forward to seeing them. And I do hope you will be generous in that offering. Let's just really give sacrificially to, to this couple that has invested so much in this church. And I hope that you will be part of the, of the reception. Change is here. And I prayed that the Lord would help me uh, today and for the next few weeks that I am with you to be, um, can I be a spiritual father? I know I'm an outsider, but I, I feel that, that God is asking me to sort of come alongside and be a dad, be a spiritual elder of sorts, a grandpa for some. And I love God's word, and I believe that in the coming Sundays, we just need to be soaked in the Word of God and let Him minister to us. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter number 1. I'd like you to turn there in your Bibles. Would you stand with me, please? Turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 or on your Bible app if you've got it. It's on the bulletin insert. We asked them to put it on the back, and it's also going to be up on the screen. Joshua chapter number 1, beginning to read with verse number 1, and I'm reading from the New International Version. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert in Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now notice verse 6. And kind of make a mental note to see if a certain phrase in verse 6 is repeated later in the text. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be, this, be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. My message is simply entitled, Facing Your Future. Facing Your Future. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Your word is anointed. I pray, Lord, that you will come. And in spite of my frailty and weakness, I pray that you will speak to these wonderful people through me today. I pray that your spirit will do supernatural things among us, in our hearts, 
And I pray it in Jesus' powerful, strong name. And everybody said amen. 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 Before you're seated, turn to somebody and say, Happy July. You may be seated. There's two things, a couple things. There's a lot of things in this text, but just two things that I want to point out. You can follow along in your bulletin insert. You can fill in the blanks if you'd like to. First, number one in this text, when you are facing your future, stay focused on the right things. Stay focused on the right things. Let's say it together. Stay focused on the right things things. Now, by the way, I'll just stop here. Guys, if you are offended that we had a lady in the backdrop, deal with it. Let's say it again. Stay focused on the right things. Now, we're not going to take the time to read the verses that I listed on your insert, but I'll refer to some of them along this Along the way, I could have entitled this point in the negative way. I could have said, don't be distracted by the wrong things. Anyone here besides me that's ever been distracted? Anybody here that's been a distracted driver? Turn to somebody and say sternly, don't text and drive. Yeah. But you know what? The enemy of our soul, Satan, the enemy of our soul, wants to distract us. He loves it. It's one of the things that he does. And sometimes he does it so well. He gets us to look at the wrong things. He wants us, especially when change comes, he wants us to sit around and mope about how things used to be. Now, how do we stay focused? How do we stay focused on the right things? Letter A in your outline. Prepare for the new chapter. Say it with me. Prepare for the new chapter. Did you notice in verse 2, right after the Lord told Joshua that Moses was dead. Now, by the way, Joshua already knew that Moses was dead. Joshua could have said, tell me something I don't know. Joshua already knew it, but I believe the Lord was wanting to emphasize to him, there's no going back. But notice in verse 2 what he says. He told Joshua to get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm going to give you. Get ready, Joshua, to step into the new chapter. Then in verses 10 and 11, later in the text, Joshua tells the people, in effect, to get ready. He says, get your provisions ready. Again, he's saying, don't sit around and moan or gossip or commiserate. He's saying, there's stuff to do, Bubba. Get cranking, Mildred. We got to prepare. Get ready. For the new chapter. So what do you mean, Pastor Bob? How do we prepare? How do I prepare for the new chapter when change comes into my life? And again, change is always a part of our life. 
but we need to prepare for the new chapter. How, would, how do we do this? A couple of quick things, and they're not listed on your bulletin. You're going to need to write them in, and I apologize. There is, a not, there is not enough room on the insert, and that's my bad. It's not the ladies in the office. I should have told them I wanted a little bit more space, but write small if you can. Here's a couple of things. As you prepare for the new chapter, make sure your walk with God stays strong. Make sure your walk with God stays strong. How are you doing with Jesus, sir? Ma'am, how is your walk with the Lord? You see, the enemy wants to get us focused on all the stuff, the stuff of our lives. Well, this happened. Give me, give me. But you got to make sure that your walk with the Lord, that foundation of your life, don't neglect that. Did you notice in verse 5 of the text that God told Joshua, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's the same thing that Moses shared with Joshua back in Deuteronomy 31. You needn't turn there, and it's not on the screen, but before he died, Moses told Joshua, I'm not going to leave you, or the, the Lord will not leave you. He won't forsake you. Others may, but God won't. And then the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament he quotes from Deuteronomy 31. He's talking to Christians, many of whom are going through horrible trials, persecution like you and I have never known. And he says to them, I want to remind you that the God of the Bible says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Now, why do I highlight that text when I'm encouraging you to keep your walk with God strong? Well, here's why. Some of you here may be saying, oh, pastor, I'm, I'm not where I should be with the Lord. I just don't feel him very close. If that's you, guess who moved? Guess who moved? It wasn't God. He wants to be near you. His word over and over lets us know that he is that kind of God. He wants to be near us. He won't leave us. But here's the truth. You, sir, you, ma'am, have the ability to push him away. To, in effect, say, no thanks, God, I got this covered. I'm good. And I'm just saying to you, don't do that. Don't push him away. Get closer to him than you've ever been in your life, especially as you are going through change. Life Church, don't push him away. Get close to him. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Talk to him. Draw close to him. Talk to him. Pray like you've never prayed before. Cry out to him. Ask him for his help. But pastor, I just don't know how to pray. Just start simple. Here's a simple prayer that every one of us can pray. Are you listening? 
If you're checking your Facebook status, lay down the phone. Here's a simple prayer. Oh God, I need you. Amen. You don't have to know any Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. You can just say, God, I need you. Dads, moms, grandparents, single moms, single dads, teenagers, all age groups, let's pray. That's how you draw close to God. You cry out to Him. That's how you begin to prepare for the new chapter. You cry out, oh God, I've got to have you go with me. It's what I prayed today in my hotel room. Oh God, if you don't go with me to Life Church, I don't want to go. Not because you people are scary looking. Well, some of you are, but <laughs> I cried out to God, you got to go with me. Husbands, pray over your wife and your kids. Single moms, pray over your kids. People say to me, I had a husband tell me this week again, I got go, pastor. I just, I can't pray with my wife. I challenge all of our men, pray with your wife. It just, it's so hard. You know, you can go to the gym and buff dude. I'm saying, just, just grab her hand. Well, I don't know how to, how to pray an impressive prayer. Don't worry about impressive prayers. Just grab her hand and say, oh God, I ask you to be with us today. We need your help. We need your help. I called my wife today, early this morning. <laughs> She's out walking the dogs. And I prayed with her. Life Church, let's pray. Be strong in the Lord. Cultivate that relationship with Jesus. Don't push him away. Now is the time for you to get in. Snuggle up close to the Lord, closer than you've ever been before. The second little thing as you prepare for the new chapter, again, it's not on your notes, but you can just write it in. Read God's Word, the Bible. If there was ever a time when, when we go through change, we've got to read God's Word. Did you notice in your text, verses 7 and 8, the Lord tells Joshua to be people of the book. He says, keep God's word on your lips, meditate on it. And that was one of the ways that God gave them to prepare for what lay ahead for their nation. Now it's true. In Joshua's day, he was referring to the tablets given to Moses on Mount Sinai. But today, we know that this book, God's word, the Bible, is for us today. It's food for us. Let's read it every day. The pastor, I've tried to read it, and it's so hard. I don't understand it. Just do a little bit at a time. Don't start by saying, I'm going to read, okay, I'm going to read Isaiah and Jeremiah in one sitting. It's probably not the way you want to start, Biff. Start reading one of the Gospels. Read the book of John. Just begin to read God's Word. It's food for our soul. 
as we prepare for the new chapter. We've got to have strength that comes from the Lord. I want to challenge a group here today. Every man, every non-female, would you stand? Stand. If you can. If you can. I'm going to challenge you. I challenged the 9 o'clock service. And thankfully, I didn't get booed for this challenge. Guys, I want to challenge you. Now, the ladies can do this too, but because I'm a man, I just want to challenge the guys. I believe part of what the Lord wants to do in your life is to help you grow as a spiritual leader. And I know that there's many of you that read God's Word on a regular basis, and I'm patting you on the back. But I want to challenge every one of you. For the next 90 days, I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to read a portion of a particular book in the Bible that I call, there's a name for the book, but underneath in parentheses, I call it the antidote for stupidity. <laughs> How many of you guys standing have ever done anything dumb or stupid? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah. Every one of us have. I have. The book of Proverbs is filled with how we can get the Lord's wisdom. How we can be wise and not be fools. My challenge to you is to read each day the chapter that corresponds with the number of in the month. For instance, today is July 1st. So which proverb am I challenging to read? Number one. You are doing so well. Nine o'clock was struggling with that question. Just kidding. And today I read, see for the last 40 years I have been doing this. Because I want God's wisdom. Do I always get it right? No. But I cry out to the Lord. I don't want to be a fool. In fact, I preached a sermon a few years ago that one of the points was, don't do stupid stuff twice. <laughs> Today, I read, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Tomorrow, I'll read this, verse 11 of chapter 2, discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. I need discretion. I need understanding. And Tuesday the 3rd, I'll read Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. He'll make your paths straight. Guys, I want to challenge you to read a proverb every day for the next 90 days. Ladies, yeah, absolutely. You can join in And Proverbs 31. How many Proverbs 31 ladies are here? Yes, amen. Rise up early to feed the cows and all of that. God's word. You can be seated, guys. Life Church, it's time to pray. It's time to read God's word, perhaps as never before. That's how we prepare for the new chapter. Letter B. Now we're back to the outline. Letter B, under staying focused on the right things, is simply this. Resist past tense paralysis. Say it with me. Resist past tense paralysis. We have all suffered 
from this kind of paralysis. We, every one of us, have suffered from this malady at some time in our lives, dwelling on the past, perhaps in an obsessive way. Let's resist that past tense paralysis. Now, you say, Pastor Bob, aren't we to learn from the past, especially when we blow it, when we make mistakes? Absolutely. We want to learn from the past. But, like Paul told the church in Philippi, he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, straining toward what is ahead, he said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's look forward. God doesn't want Joshua to be paralyzed by always looking to the past. So again, he reminded him, Moses is gone. There's no going back. We don't drive our cars well. We don't drive our trucks well if we're always looking at the rear view mirror. Oh yeah, it's a good instrument. I'm glad we've got it. But uh, you know, if you leave the parking lot today and try to get out on 4700 South and you're just focused on the rearview mirror, the police are going to come in just a little while. <laughs> Past tense paralysis. Let's not be the one that is paralyzed by saying, oh, there's so much change that has happened. What are we going to do? What is Life Church going to do? Let's not be paralyzed. This church will make it because Jesus said he will build his church. Yes, we honor all of those that have led this church in the past. They've labored faithfully. I'm thankful for the heritage of Bob and Marvell Smith and Ray and Kathy Smith and Jim and Carrie Ayers and all of the associate pastors and the deacons that have labored in this church for so many years. Thankful for them. And I will tell you that I don't understand all there is to know about transition. Sometimes God's plan has seemed perplexing to me. There was a time a few years ago when Sherilyn and I were forced to leave a ministry position before we felt it was time to go. But the decision was out of our hands. Now God provided for us another position, but there were some moments when I kept looking back. Oh man, oh man, why did that happen? God helped us with that transition. And a short while later, as we began to look back, we began to realize, oh God, <laughs> From our perspective, it looked like this should have happened. But, oh, God, you saw a much bigger picture than we did. God had his hand on us the entire time. Don't just focus on the past. Some of you have had horrific events in your life. The tragic loss of a loved one, perhaps. A divorce, sudden loss of a job. A painful and frightening diagnosis that you've had. 
perhaps a puzzling family dysfunction, on and on the list could go. God will never minimize your pain or your hurt, but he does want you today to cling to his almighty hand. He knows all about your situation, and he will be there right with you as you face your future. Don't look to the past. Don't be paralyzed by it. Face your future and know that God is with you. So let's stay focused on the right things, church. And then lastly, the last point, number two. When you are facing your future, stand up to fear and be courageous. Stand up to fear and be courageous. Three times, did you notice? Three times God said this to Joshua. Verses 6, 7, and 9. Now, why do you think God had to repeat it three times? You know, some of you ladies are saying, I know, because he was a man. <laughs> and you just have to repeat stuff. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I don't think that's why the Lord said it three times. I think it's because of this. Hear me, church. All of us here today, are prone to be afraid of an uncertain future. Let's just confess that. Every one of us, we are prone to be afraid when we're faced with an uncertain future. What did the angel say to Mary after he gave her the news that the Holy Spirit is going to come and you're going to give birth to the Most High God. You're going to give birth to the Savior. What did the angel say? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Over and over and over again in Scripture, we're told not to be afraid. Over 30 years ago, I taught pastoral ministries and youth ministries at Bethany Bible College in the Bay Area of California. And verse 9 was a text that I required all of my students to memorize. I said, I want you to memorize this. They were saying, well, no, give us, give us the, the uh, outline. We want to know exactly how to do pastoring. We want to know how to talk to teenagers. We want to know how to get all the administration organization right. I said, well, that's fine. We'll do that. But first, you're going to memorize verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why did I require them to do that? Because I knew that at least once in their lives, <laughs> most of the time more than once, life hits us with a blindside shot. Things happen that we didn't plan on. And we can become fearful. And I wanted those students to have this in their hearts. Who is the author of fear, by the way? Who is the author of fear? No, it's not Vladimir Putin. No? Who's the author of fear? It's the enemy of our souls. It's Satan, the devil. There's a text in the New Testament that I love that talks about resisting the devil. And the irony of it is, it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired Peter, 
of all people. Peter, who displayed for everyone to read for the last 2,000 years, Peter, the guy who wimped out, the guy who was afraid, who denied knowing the Lord. Isn't it just like the reckless love of God that he restores Peter and then years later, the Holy Spirit inspires Peter to say these words, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith. Stand up to fear, ma'am. Don't allow it to intimidate you. You say, but I'm, I'm just such a spiritual chicken. Welcome to my world at times. I don't, I don't want to stand up here and make you think that I'm saying, <laughs> I've conquered fear. No. Almost on a daily basis. In fact, this morning. All of a sudden, as I'm going over my notes, I just felt fear. You've had it happen in your life. Some of you are facing it today. But I decided, no. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And so I grabbed my Bible, and I held it up. And I said, I'm not going to let fear intimidate me. I take the Word of God. I begin to speak the promises of God that He's given to me. That I am more than a conqueror through Him who loved me. I can do all things through Christ. Stand up to fear. You don't have to give in to it. There's a single mom here somewhere. And you are wondering if you're going to make it with your kids. I'm here to tell you that the God of the Bible is the God who can give you everything you need. Stand up to fear. Don't allow the enemy to intimidate you. I want to encourage you also. The Word of God, and I also love Christian music. I believe that you and I can use Christian music to help fortify our soul. Yesterday afternoon as I was driving here, I popped in some Christian CDs and I just began to sing along with Stephen Curtis Chapman and, and others that I listened to and I just felt the presence of the Lord. Men and women, let Christian music feed your soul. Let it wash over you, helping you stand up to fear. There's a, one song I can't sing it. I'm not a good singer. It's a fairly new song. It's written about four years ago by Jonathan David and Melissa Helzer. And Chris Tomlin recorded it a couple years ago. Now, I, I, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm like David. Uh, sometimes some of the new music I, I don't quite get. And I love all the old music. I do, I do, I do. Uh, when I survey the wondrous cross. Yeah, I love that. But I also know that the Bible says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Let's not be paralyzed by saying, oh, it's got to be the old song. 
love the old song, but I love this new song. It's simply titled, No Longer Slaves. No Longer Slaves. I love the line. It's repeated quite often. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. How many of you have heard this song? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I believe there's some of you that need to find that on YouTube. You need to put that song on your playlist, especially for the changes that may be coming in your life. You need to be reminded that we are no longer slaves to fear. We do not have to give in to it. We are children of the Most High God. And He promises that He is with us. He will never forsake us. Stand with me, would you? Stand with me. Men and women, let's stay focused. Stay focused on the right things. Prepare for the new chapter. Resist past tense paralysis. Let's stand up to fear. Let's be courageous. A lady came up to me after the 9.30 service and said, Bob, there's another new song. She had just heard it. I've not heard it before. I love the title. It's called Fear is a Liar. Amen. 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 There's a quote that's on your insert. It's over 100 years old. I love it written by William Blakey in Scotland. He said this, it is never God's method to give impossible commands. It is never God's method to give impossible commands. He says to you, ma'am, be strong and courageous. Sir, he's saying to you, in the midst of unsettling change, he says, I want you to be a man of God. I want you to read my word every day. That's not an impossible command. You may have to reorient your schedule. Let's do it. Let's draw close to God and watch him draw near to us. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.